Welcome to the Redemption Church Podcast. We exist to become witnesses to God's new creation so that every man, woman, and child has a daily encounter with Jesus. We believe that as a family of servant missionaries, we are empowered to participate in God's story because of the good news that King Jesus is making all things new. Are you fighting Christmas fatigue? Maybe you are not. But I'd surmise that many of us here are tired. You're potentially emotionally tired, maybe even physically tired. The number of parties you've had to attend, the number of parties you've hosted, the number of lines you've waited to wait and you've waited in to buy presents, not to mention how many hours you spent on Amazon or other such places trying to find the perfect presents. And so much time and energy leading up to Christmas that when Christmas is finally here, how many of you are just like, can take a deep breath and have a sense of relief that now everything is over? And it doesn't become a time of celebratory joy. It becomes a time of just being able to breathe and relax. Maybe you're struggling with Christmas fatigue because you don't quite know how to do Rudolph and Jesus at the same time. Christmas can be difficult for Christians learning how to navigate between what we have made this distinction between the secular and the divide. What do we do with Santa Claus? What do we do with Jesus? And I'm not here to answer that question for you. What I'm here to say is that we don't know how to do Christmas very well in our culture, even as Christians, because of all the other things that are coming in. And so we often make a secular and sacred divide that maybe some of you here tonight, this is your sacred time. And when you go home, you're going to watch, well, don't watch Polar Express, but you know, watch something healthy, help value. I don't, but I mean, we'll go do our secular thing. We don't know how to do Christmas, and it's tiring. Christmas is a time of fatigue as well because the Christmas story is a story we probably know by heart. Those passages that Mike read tonight from Matthew 1 and Luke 2, you have probably heard literally hundreds and hundreds of times before. Year after year, we're reminded of seemingly insignificant events in a little podunk town of Bethlehem. We're reminded of the important truths, the miraculous truths of the incarnation, of the virgin birth, of God becoming man, and all the prophecies of the Messiah being fulfilled in this baby. We're reminded of all the important characters in the story of Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the Magi, and King Herod. And with all this fatigue going on of just emotional and physical and trying to figure out how to be a Christian in our culture and celebrate it and what to do with the Christmas story that we have heard so many times, all this information and all this familiarity, we struggle to find excitements. The true, genuine excitements that God became man for you. God, in the person of Jesus, came to us, for us, to be with us. And that sentence that Jesus came to be, came to us, for us, to be with us, should be the most exciting phrase in all of our lives. 
and yet we fight this fatigue. G.K. Chesterton, he's a 20th century kind of philosopher guy, wrote this. He says, it's especially the Christian case when we have to react against the heavy bias of fatigue. It's almost impossible to make the facts vivid because the facts are familiar. And for fallen men, it is often true that familiarity is fatigue. How many of you wake up every morning and see the sunrise? Isn't that one of the most, literally one of the most amazing things in all of creation that every day that big ball of fire just shows up? And yet because we've seen it so many times, it just becomes monotonous. It becomes boring. And I don't know how you are at Christmas time this year, but Christmas seems to be a all-time for me Fatigue, just getting married, transitioning, parties, buying presents, where finally just now I feel like I'm breathing. And yet the answer to Christmas fatigue, and this is going to surprise you if you're from redemption, the answer to overcoming and one way to fight this Christmas fatigue is by being a consumer. Yes, being a consumer. Here at Redemption Church, if you've been with us for more than 22 minutes, you know that we regularly speak against consumerism. In fact, one of the great enemies of the Christian faith in America is this understanding and this really religion of consumerism, such that everything in our culture has been geared to make everything for us as easy for us and, and, and just light and fun. Consumerism is, is an ethic, it's a cultural ethic that comes from the, the beginning of this mass production and further cemented by the advertising boom. We're just mass producing everything and all this advertising is just creating for us what I would call tiny little hells. Every time you see an Apple commercial, they are creating a hell for you. Your life is hell because you don't have this new MacBook Pro 16 inch. The iPhone. They're creating this consumerism, and it hinges on the fact that if we only, as in a culture, bought what we needed, our economy would collapse. I mean, how many things do we buy that we don't really need? Is it a bad thing to buy things you don't really need? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm just looking and asking us how many things do we buy that we don't really need? And so, consumerism is this goal, this desire to create an artificial demand for goods, for services that you probably don't need and you would never even know they existed. Like, there's so many things in our life that we wouldn't even know that we would need until we saw a commercial. The goal of create, this is what consumerism's goal is, to create this, this new need for things. And it's so much more than just a marketing and advertising strategy that every company now is what? Has a marketing division, advertising division. The church has marketing. It's a worldview. It's so much more than that. It's a worldview that fundamentally alters the way we approach our entire lives, our relationships, our mental health, the way we perceive religion. Such that there is no aspect of the American experience that hasn't been infiltrated by this idea of consumerism. One author 
writes this, our lives become consumed with the idea that unless we have somehow experienced everything, travel everywhere, see everything, and are a part of a large number of people's experiences, then our own lives are small and meaningless. I mean, you just, is that quote up there? How many of you think your life is meaningless if you never get to Fiji? How many of you think your life would be far more enhanced if you got to Barcelona? How many of you want these experiences that this was what makes your life? And you know where we get that idea that if I had this experience, if I had this good, my life would be more meaningful. Do you know where we get that idea from? It's from the religion in America called consumerism. It's an economic system. It's a religion that thrives on you and me, our lack of self-control. It preys on our insecurities And so we give magazines and home makeover TV shows and social media accounts permission to sow discontent in our personal lives that we need something better. We need a makeover. We need this clothing. We need this good. We need this experience. And consumerism trains our brains to treat products and experiences as disposable. And I want you to know that this religion of consumerism has definitely infiltrated not just the church, but Redemption Church, and it's infiltrated your life in my life. And I started out this statement saying that the answer, one way to fight Christmas fatigue is by being consumers. What I'm saying is that, what I want to say is that the reason we are fatigued is because we've bought into consumerism and we haven't really been true consumers. What do I mean? We're consumed by the wrong things. C.S. Lewis has a famous quote. He says this, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. That quote right there is something worth meditating on because the point that he's making is that God made you and I, humans, to actually be consumers. The reason consumerism works is because that is how our heart was made. It was made to find satisfaction and joy and contentment in things, in God. And the problem isn't that we should just run away from consumerism. The thing is is that we should run beyond consumerism. We should run not away from the world, but beyond the world to the one who actually made the world. And when you run beyond the consumeristic world that we live in, the culture we find ourselves in, and to be consumed by the God of this world, then you can come back to the things of this world and actually find joy in them, not making too much of them. You see, the longing to be happy is a universal human experience, and it is a good thing. To be happy, the desire to be happy is not sinful. 
We should never try to deny ourselves from longing to be happy as though it were a bad impulse. Instead, I think we should intensify this longing and nourish it with whatever will provide the deepest and most enduring satisfaction. And the problem that C.S. Lewis highlights is that drink and sex and ambition are never going to be enough to actually provide the most deepest and enduring satisfactions. They are counterfeits. We are little kids playing in the mud when there's a resort, the deepest resort, the greatest resort offered to us. And this longing to find meaning and happiness can be only found in God. Not to go all preposition on you, but not from God, but in God. It is in God we find our happiness. In God we find love and joy and peace. This Christmas season, we are to be consumed, not with the things that bring us fatigue of parties and gifts and lines and Christmas and Santa Claus and Christmas trees, which are all not necessarily bad things at all. But what God is calling us is to move beyond that and to actually look at a passage of Scripture that might be the most famous passage of Scripture in all the world. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever, the ones who believe in Him, will not perish but will have eternal life. John 3.16 is a short summary of what Christmas is, of what we need to be consumed about, that God loves you. God wants to be with you. And He so desperately longs to be with you that He would actually send His Son. He would actually bring and enter Himself into the story. Maybe you're not a Christian here tonight, but one of the most unique things about the Christian faith is that the God of the Christian faith not only keeps control of everything, but he actually is the only one who enters into his own story. And he enters into it as a man, as a baby, as, as we heard earlier of the vulnerability of being a child. And this is the one who has come to give us eternal life. Eternal life is not just living forever. Because Scripture teaches that every person who's ever born will live forever. Eternal life is life that goes on forever, living with God, when God comes to be with us. And life that is truly life is life that is filled with the love of God, that we push beyond the Christmas, the consumeristic Christmas, into John 3.16, that we push into this God that gave us His Son. Because John 3.17 says this, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. I mean, if you were God and you created all these people and they were just continually rejecting you, rebelling you, not doing anything you're telling them to do, and you sent your Son into the world, what would you want that Son to do? Demand justice? Bring order? Punish everybody? And yet God says, I didn't send my son to condemn it. 
I sent my son to save it. That the ones who believe in him will actually be saved out of this world and be brought into a new world. And so John says, whoever believes in him, verse 18, is not condemned. But the one who does not believe is the one who is condemned. Because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. John 3.16 through John 3.18 depict for us Christmas that God is calling us to go beyond just the trivialities of what we see in our culture. To go into something deeper, more satisfying, more life-giving. And that is found in God in the person of Jesus. And as we run to Him, He will give rest to your weary souls. He promises to give rest. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come unto me, all of you who are weary and tired, and I will give you rest. Jesus is calling you to go beyond, to push harder, to push deeper into the meaning of Christmas, and he will give you rest. But the one who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of one of God's only Son. So maybe you are a follower of Jesus tonight and you're fighting this Christmas fatigue. I want to encourage you to push not away the consumer, but beyond consumerism. To have your heart consumed with the reality that the incarnation, God becoming man to be with us, is where we find rest where we find life. And maybe you're not a Christian here tonight and you're just investigating Christianity. Thank you for being here. I want to encourage you to pursue Jesus because in Him you will actually be able to go beyond and find life that is truly life in the Messiah. Thank you for listening to the Redemption Church Podcast. To learn more about our kingdom ministry located in Chesapeake, Virginia, visit weareredemption.org.